Hello. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good afternoon, Dan. How are you? I'm good. Woo! It's a big day. What's going on? Way up. Big there? day. Huge week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 It's exciting. TVOS uh, got updated. iOS got updated. I think it's out. I don't know. Is iOS ten out yet? I think it is. The official. Uh, I thought it was. It's 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 I've been out for a couple of days officially for the the beta people and man it's dynamite so much dynamite and TVOS just came out and it's got dark mode. Oh, I'm gonna have. I'm to jumping try. ahead here. Yeah, no, jumping I'm gonna ahead. have to try out the TVOS. That is one I have not have uh, even looked at or know anything at all about. But I've been using iOS 10 on my iPad and oh, it has what do you been, think? I've I've absolutely loved it and you know one of the apps that. I have really tried hard to get into on iOS 9. Uh, I, I found on iOS 10 was just wonderful, and that's the news app. And I find that I use it on my iPad quite a bit. That's unconventional. I'm interested in this. I know. Uh, well, I love, I absolutely love the layout of it uh, and the way that it looks and works in iOS 10. And, you know, ever since RSS kind of fell out of favor with everyone, um, you know, I, I looked for some kind of alternative to that RSS aggregator that I used to wake up in the morning and go to the computer, and that's how I read stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I think news does a pretty good job of finding things. I find that I rotate a lot of the different sites in and out, and they, they have sort of aggregate, so you could like pick one that's like tech. Uh, but I don't do right. I don't do that that much. I more follow the individual sites. Um, it does a much better job of handling how a site looks and works uh, in in the app itself compared to iOS 9, where I almost never used the news app. So that's something neat, uh, but I have not yet run it on my iPhone. But now that it, I guess it's official, I guess it's the right time to do that. I need to... I think I treated news like a lot of people treated Siri, where I opened it up and I went, hmm... I guess I can see how this could be a thing, but I, I didn't really get it. And I kind of hated the way that for some reason, some links got hijacked into news because it wasn't the app that I wanted. Yeah. But I should look at it again. Uh, it felt like a startups app at first. I, I, can, like, I totally agree. What are you interested in? Do you like gadgets? Yeah. How about cooking photos? Yeah. Like, uh, eh. But I'll go back and look at it again. I, um, I really, hmm, how do I say this? Yeah, I'm going to say it. I, uh, I use it a lot, so I should say I like it a lot. I, I like Nuzzle. Um, I like to Nuzzle. Do, are you familiar with this app and what it does? No. Um, you know how, like, you're an Overcast man, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, I use Overcast for, I would say, 95% But of anyway, the stuff I just I only ask because you know how, for example, if you're getting bored and you're running out of podcasts, you can always hit the plus button and you can see <laughs> things like, recommend, you can see things that were recommended by lots of people, which is, you know, kind of an oligarchy. Uh, sure. <laughs> we have we happen to be in sometimes, but what's really great is uh, the the section where people have recommended a given episode, and so you can see uh, if somebody like if I really like an episode maybe twice a week I'll hit the recommend button in Overcast and then that pops up and you can see people you follow on Twitter you can see the things that they have recommended. Uh, and oftentimes my dear, dear friends, what they just have linked to a lot. So, but that's kind of thing. Imagine that for news. So Nuzzle is an app where you log in with your Twitter creds and you see what people who you follow are linking to, and it's ordered by number of people linking to it. And that's, that's a great way to just bubble up. Uh, a bunch of stuff that's kind of hot right now. And mm-hmm. you can even set notifications to where you say when, in my case, like when more than five people that I know 
link to this, you know, push me a notification. I think apps like that are, I, I mean, I still use RSS. I still use it several times a day. I use Feed Wrangler and like it. But uh, yeah, I agree with you. People, It's not the destination that it used to be. And it's nice to have a place where you can go and discover things. You know what I mean? Yeah. RSS is great because, I mean, so many reasons RSS has been good to us. Not least because it gave us podcasts. Right. But, but also because it was a great way of saying, well, I know I want to find out when... I don't want to give anybody favor here. But, you know, I want to know when Jason Snell posts something or Dan posts something to Six Colors or I want to see, you know, whatever it is. And that stuff you know is pretty solid content you don't want to miss. Right. But discoverability has always felt like a little bit of an unsolved problem in the Apple universe. And uh, things like Nuzzle uh, help with that. I- I'm going to give news app, the news app a try again. I'll look at it again. Try it. And, you know, it's... If you if you're willing to kind of dive in and really spend a little bit of time understanding how it works, you know, I felt like when I first used it, you mentioned that it felt like a startup app in a way. I agree with you. And it felt a little bit like it wanted to be Flipboard. Remember Flipboard? Mm-hmm. I love Flipboard. I, I like I don't use it anymore. I'm not sure what became of it, but I feel like this does a better job of Flipboard than Flipboard. So Flipboard anyway. was also great because it integrated with Google Reader. So you could follow a bunch of design blogs or like whatever, and you had this way of paging through all of these beautiful things in a way that was much more pleasant right. uh, than you know even Google Reader. Mm-hmm. Am I, is that right? Google Reader. Google yeah, Reader. Just, but Google, Google Reader. Google. Bon, 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 bon. <laughs> Hotter ballon. <laughs> I still, still miss Google Reader. I like Feed Wrangler a lot, and I think uh, underscore David Smith has done a nice job with that. It's a great app. But yeah, I mean, it's nice to see how this stuff evolves. I'm not on the Facebook, so I don't get stuff that way. I still look at Google News more than I should, especially this year. Um, but no, I, uh, it's interesting to find stuff like that. But it's also funny, I mean, to be a karma suck, like you sometimes follow people sometimes because you care intensely about everything they say and sometimes eh, sometimes of obligation and mm-hmm. uh, you may not be like seeing everything they say on Twitter but then <laughs> everything that they link to and recommend will appear in some of these services and it's like oh I wish you could gray list you know anyway that's unkind but the, the, the services like that are really useful if you care about the opinions of people oh the other thing with Nuzzle and I have a feeling Nuzzle will get weird. Like right now, they keep forcing, wanting to force you or encourage you to make your feed public and to get this quote-unquote newsletter thing going. But there's four basic tabs in Nuzzle. The first tab, which I ignore utterly, is this newsletter thing. Don't care. The second tab is where I spend most of my time, which is people that you follow on Twitter, what they have linked to on Twitter, which ends up being really useful because you get a nice little kind of thumbnail of it, a little mm-hmm. description, and a little share arrow that lets me, in my case, send that right to Instapaper. So I, I use that a lot. I love that. The third tab is not essential, but weirdly interesting, which is things <laughs> <laughs> things that friends of people or things that, okay, so there's people you follow yeah. and there's the people that they follow. So take, sub, uh, it's like, a, it's like a, a mixed minus, like show me in this tab, all the stuff my friends have linked to. And over here, show things that aren't those things that people they follow have linked to. And a lot of it's, you know, let's be honest, it's a lot of like, you know, douchey VC talk and boing boing. But like, it's still kind of cool to see like, I don't follow Mark Andreessen, but like, it's interesting to see like, you know, he linked to this thing and this person linked to this thing. It's a great way to like, just kind of do a quick catch up if you're not like a tech meme type, not to belabor that, but um, I, I, I feel like, man, I iOS 10 so far now, now that it's out or nearly out, I'm going to say something that I'm very reluctant to say because I don't want to encourage this behavior. Uh, I, 
I don't do betas of um, desktop software anymore because I'm not insane. And I generally <laughs> wait, I, uh, I trade wait on iOS uh, betas until I get the feeling that it's pretty stable. Like right. I watch people on the Slack and talk about this and that. And the, the vibe that I got from fairly early on with iOS 10, even I think before the public beta, was that with the exception of a couple weird things, it was weirdly solid. Like Marco was like, oh, you know, if you're getting weird behavior with Overcast losing the link to Bluetooth, that's a bug that has to do with Hey Siri, uh, sorry, uh, Yodingus mm-hmm. being on. You know, the, the you can yell across the room functionality of that. But uh, it became apparent from people I trust that it was solid enough. And so I tried it on an iPad. Um, my daughter's iPad. <laughs> of course. And, uh, and, it, and it, it worked a treat. It was like, wow, this is good. And my God, the, the music app, it's not fundamentally different, but it's so much cleaner mm-hmm. and it's easier, a little bit easier to get to stuff. And the, that big giant, I don't know if it's San Francisco or Helvetica or whatever, but they, the big bold titles for that makes it less annoying to look at. And so after this is, and I'm not encouraging this behavior. I don't, don't go load betas unless you need it for your job right, right now. Right. But <laughs> I went ahead and then like two days later, I was like, well, let's put this on everything. And knock on literally everything. It's been fantastic. Mm-hmm. The, the messages stuff is so fun. I love sending with lasers. That's great. Uh, <laughs> and if, if you're wondering why it's not working for you, it's because like me and like John Syracuse, you probably turned off reduce motion on every device on the first day you had it. You have to enable, you have to disable the reduce motion thing under accessibility to get all the cool features, things, uh, messages features. You know what I'm talking about? I do. Okay. I, I, it wasn't clear to me. I had to Google around to find I, it. I had turned that off, but I eventually, at some point, wound up re-enabling it. Oh, we talked about it. We recorded a new episode of Reconcilable Differences last night. We talked for, well, it's not ATP, but we talked for quite a while about like the, the, the experience of iOS with reduced motion turned off is so different. It's like the first time you watch your relatives use a browser that doesn't have an ad blocker or a pop-up blocker. And you're like, ah, how do you live like this? All these icons are flying at my face. You know, it's like icon Bukaki title. It's the worst. And, uh, I don't like it, but, and I hope they eventually will decouple that. Um, because I guess if you're somebody who's sensitive to motion stuff, if you get motion sick or you have, you know, epilepsy like symptoms from flashy things or movie things, I guess you have to have that off, and so you mm. wouldn't want lasers coming in your face. Mm. Yeah. So life's complicated, Dan. It is. Uh, but uh, the message stuff is fun. I, I like it a lot, and I would <laughs> I would also counsel if you're getting started with this, this uh, consider disabling ad stickers automatically to messages, because like like 15 things came out in the last 24 hours on my phone that add stickers. So unless you really want to get stickers for kayak, unless you really want to get stickers right. for Castro and even drafts, like I love drafts. I love it to death. The new version's amazing. I've been on the beta for a while and it's great, but I don't, you know, I see why you'd want that, but it gets crufty. But I guess in general, this is the first time I think in a while, or even before the day it came out, I was like, this is really, this is a strong release. It looks great graphically functionally so much of it i feel like the fit and finish is really there with ios 10 yeah i agree with you i I really again i I no experience with it on the iphone but on the ipad it's made it uh it's it's made it a lot more fun to use it's made it a lot more useful 
Mm-hmm. And, so, and, and it doesn't feel slower, right? No, not at all. Not at all. And does the SE have the Force Touch, 3D Touch stuff? No. Uh, just for what it's worth, for folks who do have a generation that does that, uh, I'm definitely rediscovering, and I think this works to extend on the iPad, but it's really powerful on an iPhone with the 3D Touch functionality. Um, there's so much great stuff with notifications now. And maybe it's always been there and I just never thought to do it, but there's so much stuff where I'll do a long press and it pops up and you can respond to the message from right inside of there. Stuff that hasn't enabled that yet will just pop up with the little X to dismiss. But I feel like the notification stuff is becoming much more useful for me. Um, what else about iOS 10? I mean, you know, people have talked about it. We should link to Federico Vitici today released his giant, um, iOS 10 review, which, you know, he's, he's, I don't want to say he's the new Syracuse, but I think he's kind of taken the mantle of like, let's really tear this thing apart. One thing I really like about Federico's thing, if you're kind of confused about what is different, what seems different, what you're not sure is different, I think he does a really nice job of saying like, like, here's a place where the font looks different. Like here's, you know, here's how to understand how to swipe right to get to your, uh, or as he would say, swipe. Uh, swipe to uh, <laughs> you swipe right to get to the uh, camera from the lock screen. Are you feeling good or okay about the change to the way unlocking works? Uh, you know, no, I, I understand, I guess, why they did it, but I don't feel like pressing the home button is part of what made me enjoy unlocking my device. I liked that I didn't have to. Because you, if if it's if your device is, I don't want to say asleep, but the screen is off. Yeah. I guess if you have a Touch ID device, then you can just kind of do the press while holding down, and it'll it'll unlock straight away, right? I don't have my iPad here to mess with this, but if you just happen to wake it up, or just press the button, press the home button, or press the wake sleep button, then you have to press the button again. Do I have this right? Um, it's. I'm trying to remember because I've, I've only been doing it for a couple of weeks. But on the iPhone and I think on the iPad, the trick now is, and I think this is standard settings. It's hard to know what you know. I don't remember what I have on and off in accessibility. But the way I do it right now is you put your thumb on it, click, or put your thumb on it, and then click, and then that is what does it. And I think there's ways to change that. But as highlighted in a pretty good post from um, Jason Snell today on Six Colors, uh, there's a lot of stuff you can do now, especially on an iPhone, uh, that where you it's become much easier to deal with a bunch of stuff without turning on, without unlocking. So one of those things, which I think is was a little confusing at first, is there's a new thing where you can tell it, oh, I forget what the name of it is, but you can set it so that when you lift the phone, it turns the screen on. Um, so, you know, if it's on your night, nightstand, you wake up in the morning, you pick up your phone, the, uh, accelerometers detect that and will show you what's on your screen. I turn that off for just superstitious juju reasons. No offense, but like, <laughs> I, I, I just thought, you know, who knows like how much battery over time that will take up. Yeah. But it is pretty neat that if you are a person who looks at that screen a lot, you just pop that up. Now, here's another great thing. Um, and I've, I've kind of gone around with people on Twitter about this because maybe I'm not that smart, but one great new feature is when you get to the notifi- notification, notification screen on a, fi- on a phone that does 3D touch, you do a long press on the dismiss button. It says, do you want to clear all notifications? And it clears every notification regardless of whether it was a minute ago or two weeks ago. It's like one click gets rid of all of those, and I love that. Um, anyway, it's, there's a lot to explore in there. It feels pretty solid. Um, Obviously, you know, just the usual admonitions. Yeah, 
Oh, you know, and they also they, they added some new packages for doing um, iCloud where you can get, I've got a one terabyte account. You can now get a two terabyte account. And you can only get that through the new version of iOS? I don't know. It's snuck in somewhere in the last week or so. But I mean, just this is just a tip. This is not a fact, but I would say it's not that expensive. And buy yourself enough iCloud space to cover your photos and to back up all of your devices nightly. That's that's a good that's a good set of suspenders. But I still I am so superstitious. I still make a practice of plugging in and manually backing up my phone to iTunes on my computer at least once a week. With and as always, it is worth saying. Make sure you click the encrypt button because that means all your passwords will right be- there. Apparently, it's passwords and a lot of other little things that. Uh, if you don't do it, you're going to be Just do it. Just do it. it. Yeah, and it's not obvious because it feels like a pure security feature, privacy and security issue, which, you know, it certainly is. But the other half of that is that it will essentially record, as I understand it, in, in my experience restoring things, it will record your iOS device in situ down to like what apps were open, yep. like what, what, you know, screen you were on. Absolutely. It's really, it's really great. So I would make a habit of that for a variety of reasons, not least because John Syracuse uses the phrase iCloud weather. Like some days a restore from the cloud is like a one hour proposition. And I've, <laughs> as I mentioned before, one time for me, it was over two weeks because <laughs> sometimes All the right. apps just don't want to go. Um, it could be a day you're trying to do a restore on a day that something comes out. And like right now, the iTunes store is a little bit of a mess today. Um, I would say you will get a much faster and more reliable backup um, doing it to iTunes. So that's a good practice. But it's been pretty smooth all the way down. Um, and, you know, it's well, not a bad idea, like you're saying, to do that anytime prior to doing some kind of a big update, especially. I... I trust yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I trust the iCloud restore having done it a few times, but it's like you're saying it maybe it'll take an hour, maybe it'll take a day, maybe it'll I guess two weeks. Whereas you know, okay, I have backed this device up to my computer physically right here. And if iCloud is wonky, doesn't matter. If iTunes is weird, probably doesn't matter. You know, like this local copy, I've got it here. It's I can actually see the file. I know that it did it. iTunes will say you know, backed up at 11.52 a.m. to this computer. And that's that's a nice thing to have. I don't have any problem relying on iCloud on a sort of nightly basis, but it, at least once every few weeks I will do, especially if it's like, oh, we just went on a on a trip and I've got a lot of uh, new pictures on here and I yeah, want to save yeah, them. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. It's I, I've mentioned numerous times that uh, the first time I spent any time really learning much about word processing on a Mac, which would be 1987. <laughs> uh, a guy, honestly, a guy, a guy said to me uh, something that still goes through my mind multiple times a day, which is, you know, increasingly less relevant in the age of iCloud, maybe, but it's a pattern that's useful. And he used to say, um, when you're typing, you know, sitting there in uh, right now or Mac Writer or whatever, he said, remember, save, uh, save every paragraph and every time you think of it. And that pattern, I think, is pretty useful. So you could say to yourself, you could even give yourself a reminder or an OmniFocus task to back up every week. The truth is, there will probably be a lot of weeks where if you're not good at that or you don't get in that habit, you'll skip it. I would say back up every week and every time you think of it. Um, the only downside being that a lot of folks, if you've got, especially if you've got like a laptop with a fairly small hard drive, and, you know, and you've got a 128 gig phone, that, mm. that's a lot. Of, that's potentially a lot of space. But I would make that a priority, as they say. 
uh, to do that. Yeah. Here, here's a crazy thing, though. I think I told you the sad saga of my wife's phone. Getting oh, drenched. yeah. Where, where, where are we with that? Well, actually, I'll give you an update. All you need, you need to tune them so that you can play the uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind uh, music, you know? It sounds kind of like... Um, sounds like the whisper- first two notes of that. It does. It also reminds me of uh, Whisper to a Scream by Icicle Works. We are, we are, we are the star children fighting <laughs> our way around the decision. A whisper oh to a scream. A little. Update. Uh, my wife's phone uh, was the recipient of the better part of a bottle of crystal, crystal geyser water mm-hmm. in her waterproof Timbuktu bag, so that worked out great. Her iPhone Success Plus, it's dead like Trotsky. Uh, last time we talked, I think I told you that I had, I dried it off with physical drying things. And right, you had it in, in, in basmati rice or something. I did. It was in some jasmine rice. Right, jasmine rice, okay. That's okay. It's, it's, it's very similar. It's jasmine basmati. One of my favorite pole dancers. <laughs> and so... Ladies and gentlemen... Make it rain for Jasmine Basmati. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Oh, my God. And oddly enough, she dances to country music. She takes it and she turns it, if you know what I mean. Boy, this is a dark episode. I like it. My goodness, Dan. So, uh, stuck in the Basmati. I told you as of last Diggity Tuesday that uh, I, I did have silica packets in my, uh, in my shopping cart. Hot sauce in my bag, mm-hmm. swag. And, uh, yeah, no, no, nothing, nothing, nothing. It finally occurred to me, ah, crap on a cracker. I forgot to take out the SIM card, so I took out the SIM card. My, the silica arrives. I, I take a third of this giant bag of silica packets. And these are the things you get when you buy electronics. You get the little thing that says, do not eat. And they are theoretically good at remo- removing, like, humidity mm-hmm. from things. Mm-hmm. And you're like, eh, maybe a little work, whatever. Yeah. But I, I stuck in a bag of those. And have checked it periodically since. Nothing. But here's the funny thing. And I, I took a photo of this. I forgot to send it to you this morning. I took a photo. For morning, th- this morning, I was like, I wonder if this actually does anything. These, whatever, 12 packets right. of uh, silica. I wonder if this does anything. So, I took my handy hygrometer. So, these were in, the, you had little packets, not the just sort of the loose uh, no, no, okay. no. I had, many, I had many packets in a quart Ziploc bag with my wife's dead phone in it. Right. And, you know, didn't fix the phone, but I mean, that's not the, the packet's fault. But I thought just for fun, as, as a little thought experiment, I wonder if these things actually do anything. So I took a hygrometer, because I'm a humidity nerd, and uh, I took out the battery to reset the high and low levels, popped it in the bag with the 10 packets of silica gel. Mm-hmm. When I put it in, it was 45% humidity. And as I left the house a few minutes ago, it was twenty percent humidity. That's now I don't know if change. you're. I don't know if you're. You may not be a humidity nerd like I am, <laughs> but but twenty percent is a very low percent, yeah. and it did that in like thirty forty minutes. So I would say just as a prophylactic, maybe get you get you some of these uh, silica packets to have around because if you do need to draw moisture out of something, they really do work. They but really do. The, 
So here's the point of my story, if there is one, which is I was like, ah, damn, uh, don't even get me started on the debacle of trying to buy a phone the other day. Ugh, it did not go well. What but, I, I would like to get you started. Uh, I'd be happy to get me started. Let's get but, you started. But the, it became apparent my poor wife needs a phone. So here's the crazy part. She, I checked and she did, I checked on, on her iPad, I saw that she did have a backup from the evening before the water incident. Ooh. So, yay, yay iCloud, that worked. So I popped out her SIM, I dried it like a gentleman, I took the old 5S, popped in the SIM, logged in with her creds, and she had a working phone in less than two hours with the, with the phone number working and everything, no calls to AT&T, the entire thing, as they say, just worked. It was like in the amount of, I thought it was going to be like a working day right, to get this right. accomplished, but it pulled everything down from the cloud. As I say, in situ, under glass, it's all just right there. It worked. So, you know, I can't promise your iCloud restores will always be that easy, but the last three maybe that I've done have worked really, really well. I think they might have figured this out. Yeah. Finally. So, finally. so that's a testament to, uh, to, to doing your iCloud backups. And, uh, yeah, you know, the phone thing, uh, yeah. I mean, do you really want to know? Yeah, I really do. It's not that interesting. I'll try to make it quick. Uh, you, anytime you th- say it's not that interesting, it's usually somewhere between a five and a seven on the interesting scale. Uh, thank you, Dan. I'm pretty sure this one's actually literally boring, but like all the dinguses I waited up and I wanted to get a phone and a watch. I got to get the phone because we've worked it out that I'm going to get the new phone. My wife is going to get the, um, She's going to get the hand-me-down success. So, I got your message. Thank you. Good. Um, and so, uh, like an idiot, I'm sitting there. And I've done all the prep. I've, like, I've gone, ah, I've gone, ah. <laughs> right. the, all, all the sounds. Oh, what was your posture like when you were... She's got the nose ring. <laughs> beautiful pine furniture. So, I says to her, I says, I says, have you got me beautiful pine furniture? And sure as you please, she says. So, I, uh, I'm sitting there like a dingus. It's 11.59. I'm watching reruns of 30 Rock and waiting to jump in. I'm going to make this fast because it's super boring. Midnight. Bing. Of course, I'm in the app because everybody knows you use the app and not the website. The app works better. And again, in the app, I got everything favorited that I want already. How late was this? What time was it? This is Midnight Pacific. It it didn't actually come online. You know, we've got something exciting for you. (laughs) Things are in the works for you. Here's a page. And then finally, ding, maybe 12.08. Booyah. You can go buy stuff. Yay. Go to favorites. You know, add, 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 bye, bye, bye. I know there's thousands of people doing the same thing. I want the phone that everybody else wants. So I know it's going to be tough. And I go in. I'm not, this is a first world bitch. But it's like I go in and I enter the car and I do the thing and I do the checkout. And I get this weird mystery meet pop up. It wasn't that the transaction didn't go through. It was kind of, I, I didn't do a screen cap. But it was along the lines of like, ah, this may have gone through. Watch for an email. And I was like, ugh, okay. That's odd. Mm-hmm. You like know, you, so a, you're sitting there thinking, maybe I bought a phone, maybe not. Maybe I just spent over a thousand dollars or not. I'm not sure what <laughs> I'll find out. And so and, I and thought, so you do don't I know wanna... if you should try again because you're waiting for an email. You're way ahead of me. <laughs> and so I says to myself, I says, well, you know, maybe I'll uh, I'll roll the dice <laughs> once, once, one more time. 
Bing, same pop-up. This may have gone through. It could be a transaction. Check your email. And I was like, ah, this is getting too rich for my blood. Yeah. I am not a gambler, and I don't want to have my bank account go away. And by that time, uh, it was, the store was becoming unresponsive. The website wouldn't come up, et cetera, et cetera. And as it turned out, I had not gotten a phone. And as each time I would go through this, and you know how it is when you're doing these things, you're like a crazy person, like, clicking yeah. things, wah. <laughs> and each time the date of shipment was going out further. At first it was like September 16th, and then it was like, oh, October. The next morning I went and bought one. <laughs> and the arrival, the estimated arrival date for my phone was November 30th. Wow. You know, just about December. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to cancel it. Yeah. So I canceled it. And, uh, and so I did that. And then the time since then, I share with people like my friend Marco this, like, hmm, I wonder about this. The lenses do this and the lenses do that. And right now, this is, I'm, this is self-talk to make myself feel better yeah. about the thing I didn't buy. But I'm, I'm kind of glad at this point for now. If I were getting it on Friday, I'd be excited. Yeah. But I'm not, and I don't feel terrible about it. I just feel bad that my wife is, is stuck with a little dinky phone when she used to have the giant one. Yeah. But it's, it's, services are hard. That's, that's a true fact, I think. I agree. I mean, w- you're in, you're in such a tricky situation because you're not just one of these people who would like a new phone because they, they are sitting there with a perfectly good six or six S and, or five or SE. Yeah. But you're trying to, you're trying to replace a broken phone. I feel like you should get a little bump in line or something, just because well, of mitigating circumstances. I should, I should get a bump. They should bump me. I feel bad for the people who did the um, get a new phone every year program because it sounds like that was a mess. Yeah, you know, I, I know someone who did that. She's uh, she's in her early twenties and was buying a, a phone every year anyway. So she tried this, but. I, if you have that, then you're you're way at the back of the line, right? It's my understanding that, that that is correct and that they are working to remedy that. But I saw one guy on Twitter who had called Apple about it and he did a screen grab of his iPhone and he'd been on hold or talking to somebody for two hours and 40 minutes about this. So, I mean, I don't know. And, and they talked about this on, I think, Upgrade this week, but it's it's kind of an interesting idea. Like, who do you give the primacy to or who do you give the preferential treatment to right because um on there, the one there, hand you, this is such an interesting topic to me right yeah absolutely because it's absolutely interesting. Be, because you have like a loyal apple customer who is going to be what somebody who's like i guess committed to buying a new phone every year is who do you want right who do you want more well you signed up for this thing and I have to admit I find all of these options really perplexing. But it's my understanding that you can sign up for a certain program where you're essentially leasing the phone in some ways. You you get the new phone and you use it for a year and then when the new one comes out you get the new one right. and return the old one. I think that's how it works. Agree. And you have like a modest kind of payment plan, but you do in fact pay more than you would, especially given the fact that you don't really own the phone. Mm-hmm. You don't keep the old one. And I guess if you think about the people who do that, well, that's people who are super motivated on the face of it. It's people who are super motivated to get a new phone every year. And I can just, as a matter of conjecture, guess that they'd like to get it sooner rather than later, but that wasn't how it worked. So what that feels like, or the, as they say, optics, the problematic optics, <laughs> the optics of no, that problematic no. situation. Did you know it's problematic? I won't say why it's problematic. 
uh, the optics are that, like, well, you know, the thing is, though, we really want to sell these to people who uh, walk into a store or order who, like, are willing to pay up front for the new the new iPhone. And the conjecture on my part would be, well, yeah, they people who are maybe even new to the platform end up getting the preferential Right, treatment. right, right. Would you rather have somebody who's walking into an Apple store with a Nexus uh, in their pocket or something like that thinking about getting an iPhone and joining the Apple club would mm-hmm. you rather have them or would you rather have the you know the guy whose wife's phone you know fell in the toilet or whatever well you know i'm i'm, I'm a weird case but you know it's it'll it'll be fine it'll all be fine but um yeah just it was just uh it was it was kind of frustrating but on balance it's like you know what i really didn't need that it was a nice little slap to go like i don't really need that my wife is not like dying she's got the big ipad and she's got a little iphone and we'll be okay for a little while but it's it is interesting that like this this when you look at this as just a dingling pundit, it's kind of difficult not to look at it as hmm, Apple, the company that purportedly is one of the most profitable companies in the world that purportedly has, you know, arguably like I guess one of the largest cash reserves in business that they can't get this right. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, it's it's kind of it's interesting. Um, who used to talk about this? Chris Chris Weatherall, when he was working at Google and working on Google Reader, actually, he used to talk about this. Um, you know, you can do so much testing and so much modeling, and I'm sure you've experienced this. You can you can model the heck out of what will happen in a high traffic situation involving. And again, let's let's also keep in mind things like that, that. This is partly constrained by how well it can interact with the various carriers. Like I'll bet you, somebody from AT and T, Verizon. I bet they even might get slightly different experiences depending on whether that server went tits up. So yeah. it's super complicated. And what you know, Chris used to say is that you know, there's no way, even at Google or even especially at Google, that you can model to the point where you can be totally prepared for what might happen on the first day. I mean, unless you just go out and buy, you take the maximum amount you could ever fantasize it would need and then multiply it by 10 – there still might be stuff that happens along the way where all it takes is one of those parts of the system to not work optimally right. in a way no one could have anticipated. It's a, some crazy corner case. So I don't know. It is interesting though. Cause you know, I think about that, like when we're at line, in line at the mall at the, uh, the Korean barbecue place and we were, I thought about this on Sunday. Went to see Kubo the second time. Good movie. Kubo. And we're in line. Kubo. 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 And we always get a, we get the, we get the Korean lunch and split it. And, uh, and there's like five people taking orders and they are crazy fast at fulfilling these orders. And there's one guy at the cash register. So, which means that there's almost always five plates going cold on the top of the counter Mm. while one person checks everybody out. And it's like, no matter how efficient the person who cuts up the barbecue chicken is, (laughs) it's still heavily constrained. It's gated by how quickly that one person on the cash register can move the people out of there. Yeah, And I think that's probably how that's probably the, the sad fairy tale of enterprise. You happy with your SE still? I still like it. Yeah. The sad fairy tale. Yeah. Capture that. Enterprise. Enterprise. Oh, got it. Um, some, uh, some people on Twitter and uh, one, one person in the chat room are saying that they had problems uh, updating to iOS 10 and had to downgrade back to nine. And that uh, our uh, friend, friend of the show, uh, Josh Centers is, Hi, Josh. is saying don't download the over-the-air iOS update 10 yet. It's bricking devices. 
Ah, I saw. So I don't know if that's specific to just the over-the-air version of the update. Did you see Brent? Uh, or Brett, rather? Brent? 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 Let me go here to Inessential. He, um... He got the, uh, oh, no, you're going to have to go plug this into iTunes message. Yeah, that's that's what most of the people who are having this problem are, are getting. Well, that's and, not good to see. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so, hey, kids, back up. It's not just for the enterprise anymore. We got lots to talk about today. I got, I got lots of bullets here. Do you want to tell me about uh, something that you like? Sure, I'll tell you a little bit of something about a thing called Casper. Casper? It's a mattress. It's a new kind of hybrid mattress. It's a combo. Mm. It's a twofer love the Casper. You have multiple mattresses mm-hmm. upon which you sleep. And yeah. the uh, the thing is, if you're used to sleeping in on, on your existing mattress, mostly it's, I want you to think to the time, listener, when did you get this mattress? Most likely you got it a long time ago. If you've had, if you have a traditional mattress and you've had it for more then five years, certainly if you've had it more than 10 years. But I would say if, if it's a traditional old style mattress, it is likely time for you to consider getting a new one. And uh, at my gym, my trainer was uh, talking to me a while back. I think I mentioned it to you, Merlin, that she was looking for a new mattress. And I said, you, you, you got to try the, this Casper because they're really legitimately great mattresses. And she got it. And I said, what do you think of it? And she said, you know what? It's great. I really like it. I love the way it shipped. I love the way it's set up. I'm not sure though if I like it because I'm so used to my old mattress. I'm so used to the way that the old one felt. And I said, well, that's why they give you like, you get like a hundred uh, nights to try it out in your house. She's like, yeah, you know, I, I wasn't sure if I was going to like it, but, and now I, I just, I'm trying out. So she tried it out and the next week I saw her, I said, how do you like it? She says, oh, now I'm getting the best sleep I've gotten in probably since my last mattress was was brand new and probably better than that. And I wasn't going to mention it on that part on the show until I'd heard if she actually liked it or not. <laughs> but she really did. And I haven't heard from anyone, oh, I didn't like it. I wound up sending it back. I've never heard that. And I, I've talked to a lot of people who have said, hey, you know, I've gotten a mattress. Thanks a lot, Dan. Uh, but it really, they, that's a testament, I think, to how well these things are made, to how comfortable they are. And a lot of people are used to the regular sort of old-fashioned, like, metal spring kind of mattress. These are really different than that. They, uh, they're, they're really, really different. And once you try it out, you probably won't want to go back. It is a hybrid foam. They take uh, a combination of latex foam, which is really springy, and then these really supportive memory foams to create something that feels really, really good. But it is it is different, and it, you're going to find it's su- comfortable, but also very supportive. So uh, that's that's kind of the Casper deal. And, uh, and you can go and check these things out. Time Magazine... Named uh, it one of their the best inventions. I think this is back in 2015, and uh, it's free shipping. It's free returns. You tried for a hundred nights, and if if you don't love it, they pick it up and they refund you for everything. And they have a special URL. You're going to get fifty dollars toward any mattress that you purchase by visiting Casper.com/slash It's Your Show. All one word. It's Your Show. Casper.com/slash It's Your Show. Apparently, our previous code was leaked to uh, retail me not or something like that. So they've got a new URL, a new code. Uh, oh, we got leaked. 
We got leaked. Uh, terms oh, and conditions apply. But anyway, uh, Casper.com slash it's your show code. It's your show. 50 bucks toward any mattress. And uh, you, Merlin, I believe, are sleeping on at least. Yeah, we're not We're not done with this. We're not done. I got more to say oh, about this. Well, First of all, I'm going to tell, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you a date. I'm going to tell you Friday, August 29th, 2014. <laughs> According to Wolfram Alpha, 745 nights, two years, 15 days. I've had this thing. I love it. It's really? just as great. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, just as good as the day we got it, and uh, and you know you may know it comes in a box that you can carry like a person, and it, it, it inhales and turns into a mattress that you can sleep on. Right. You're not but kidding; you can also, it does. It really does. It really, literally does. But then you can also uh, use the box to make a tank or a Dalek. Um, it's a it's a box that you can use for many different things afterward. Uh, I only have one Casper mattress, but I love it. If I had more, I'd use them. <laughs> it's a terrific mattress. It really two is. Years, two years, 15 days. Look at that. Nice. 24 months, 106 weeks. But really, I remember uh, I was talking to a friend of mine, and she was saying if, if you know, when she was doing her research, she's like, I had my mattress before this one for like eight years. She says, and I was very worried about switching to something new because I had become so accustomed to this old one. And the the way the story went, she got the new one, she slept on the Casper, and after a couple nights on that, was thinking, well, you know, this is a, this, it's a little firmer than I'm used to. I, I was used to something. So she said she went and laid down on her old mattress, which she still had. I guess she was going to donate it or something. And she said she w- it was the most uncomfortable thing in the whole world. She had no idea how she had ever slept on it. And, uh, you know, so there you go. Jimmy Christmas. Anecdotal. Our thanks to Casper for supporting 5 by 5 and back to work. Boom. Okay, I'm seeing the surfeit of, uh, of, of posts now about iOS 10. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, Jiminy Christmas. Yeah, so it's doing that thing that it does a lot when there's a busy day of updating. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, oh, boy, back up first and maybe wait a day. Yikes. This is not good. You know, it um, always it seems to always happen that, and what I always wonder is how much of this is simply the squeaky wheel situation versus is it is it really a typical common problem and what is it is are they going to be able to identify too well it's the iPhone sixes or the six S's or the six S plus that's experiencing it more is the SE more susceptible or is it in you know is it protected you know I I don't I don't know. But I'm never, I'm much more willing to try things out with my iPad than I am with my iPhone because, like, my iPhone's my main thing. Oh, I, to- you know? I totally agree. And there's, there's more things to go wrong. If you think, I mean, mostly, I mean, not least because you're usually, I don't know, I'm, now I'm talking on my butt. No, you're but, totally right. You're totally yeah, right. I mean, it's safer to put it on uh, a, if you've got, if you're fortunate enough to have other devices that it might run on, that's probably a better way to go. Yes, yeah, so be careful out there, kids. That's no good. Be careful out there. I'm just reading, and Jason Snell just said the same thing. Yeah. Be careful out there. Um, yeah, that sucks. Um, and are lots of people getting this? It kind of looks like a lot of people I mean, are getting this. You know, it's hard to say. It's really hard to say. Because you look at you look at Twitter, and if you're using Twitter as a, a guide, then it's happening to everyone. But there's probably lots of people who are not on Twitter or who are not tweeting because everything's just fine. Oh, yeah. And I I get that sometimes with these kind of mystery meat cable outages with uh, Comcast. We're like, you know, two or three weeks ago, we're sitting there watching uh, The Night Of, and it just just died. It just died. And I thought, okay, maybe it's the DNS. It wasn't the DNS. Um, 
And then I went and searched around, and eventually it popped up in the app. I mean, if, if, you're, if your Comcast server goes out, it's kind of handy to go into the app and log in because it can actually – it'll tell you whether it thinks in a kind of very general way. It'll do a little quick test on your connection and say it looks fine from here, but then it'll also say if there's a known outage in your area. And I went to Twitter and, and Twittered around, and it was extremely isolated. I mean, it was very much – it looked like it was my neighborhood that went out because when anything like that happens, you can go to um, – do you ever go to Down Detector? Oh, yeah. Neat little site. Yeah, Down Detector is really handy because I think it mostly uses uh, social media and reports to detect when something is going especially wrong. So if you're ever wondering, go to Down Detector or I, I used to use um, Down for Everyone or just me. Down for, yeah, right, exactly. This is but better. Down Detector, yeah, because it'll it, you you'll see like like right now. Oh gosh, look at iTunes. Wow, look at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 116 reports. So that's a good way to find out if you're just crazy or not. That's one way to find out if you're just crazy or not. The one thing just, that's nice about uh, Down for Everyone or just me is I think you can, and I don't, I don't know if Down Detector has it, but you can type in any domain, any website, and it will check it. Whereas I think this one's more like the bigger, more popular. And, and services. Right. Yeah. I have a, um, a Chrome shortcut that I use where anytime I type down, space, everything after that, it uses to do a request that uh, is it down for me. Are you using Chrome or Safari? Mostly. I'm using Chrome. Okay. Who knows? I, you won't be able to do the Apple Pay stuff on Chrome, mm-hmm. at least for now and probably forever. But, you know, I like Safari, but I don't know. My brain works better with Chrome on the desktop. I use Safari on uh, iOS everywhere. But, yeah, Chrome works better for my brain. They recently changed the color of the folders a little bit. In Chrome, it seems like something's a little bit uh, darker, maybe. The outlines are darker. Yeah, here's a neat thing if you don't... Is it Flags? This is kind of cool. I mean, this is a little bit of nerd stuff, but if you go to Chrome colon slash slash flags, you'll see all the kind of hidden preferences. And if you search on that page for the word, I learned this from Syracuse. If you search for the word material, you can shut off that ugly material look and select non-material, and it makes your browser look less ugly. Hold on now. Wait a second here, kids. Yeah, You go to yeah. Chrome colon slash slash flags. I've been there before. And what what am I looking for? Search, search for the word material. Material. Material design in the browser's, in the top, browser's Chrome. top Chrome. Default. Non-material, material, material, hybrid. Hybrid. Which one do you like? Hybrid browser. I would select non-material. We're living in a non-material world. I'm a non-material girl. Don't. Oh, look at that. Would you look at that? Look at that. There's lots of little flags in here. You could screw yourself up good with this. Non-material, material, material, hybrid. Hybrid. What is the hybrid? Hybrid. I don't know. I don't. This is material. this is better right now. We end the show now. I'm going to say people got their money's worth from it. Oh, if that's absolutely. the whole thing we do in the whole show, done. Hundred percent. Yeah, it kind of looks like it's Mike weird. It, it it looks kind of like uh, old Firefox the way these folders look. But anyway, works fine for me. Um. So yeah, be careful out there. Other stuff. Silica packs. Now I, I have a comment on the silica. Packs. Yes, yes, you there. I went, the, if you remember the time when my little girl threw my wife's phone into the toilet, mm. uh, this is, I think, before she poured a glass of water into my 11-inch MacBook Air, she put her phone in the toilet, and I took it out, and I put it in rice. This was a, I believe it was a Korean short grain rice. Hmm. And it. Did uh, you soak that before you you cook it? No, it's not required. So no rinsing necessary. No rinsing. No no rinsing then. No rinsing. Same as with uh, Japanese sushi rice, and uh, yeah, and I. I, 
I read online that people were saying, well, the rice can help, but the silica gel is really where it's at. And if you're an iFixit fan, iFixit sells these little bags uh, where you can go and I, I guess it's a bag that is large enough for an iPhone or smartphone and it's full of silica gel kind of surrounded so you you chuck it in there well i went to the local i guess it's uh, like a michael's or a i don't know one of these things that that people go in and want to buy like reams of fabric or whatever hey or a craft supply craft store. supply you know glue guns they got glue glue, guns. they got glue guns glue guns they got everything and so i went there and in the flower section they sell silica gel in it's like 15 bucks or 12 bucks for like a big heavy bag of it that's like a loose it's loose and (laughs) what i did is i took it home and i poured the loose gel into a large sort of like freezer style ziploc right it's like crystals it's not really it's crystal it's crystal crystal and i put uh i put the phone in there and sealed it up and i was not using my hygrometer but it it did a very good job of recovering her phone to the point where it was dry enough for her to use for a few weeks before it finally crapped out. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's worth a shot. I would just say this is the kind of thing. It's you know what like a fire extinguisher. Like I don't need the. Why would I buy a fire extinguisher? Yeah. Well, it's nice to have around in yeah. case. <laughs> it's not very expensive. You can get some on Amazon. That's where where I got it from. It's worth a shot. Um, but yeah, it is kind of ironic that they would announce the water resistant phones. Like you know, the day days. after it's just a day, punish no, you. It was, the, it was the day after. Oh no, I know, I, I know, I know when I deserve to be punished. Uh-huh. I'm a bad boy. Yeah, that's complicated <laughs> stuff. What else have I got here? Oh, you know, um, two, two. I got two potential topics. Oh, you know what? I want to mention a book. You, you like that TV show, The Simpsons? Love The Simpsons. My my kids love The Simpsons. We're a Simpsons family. Okay. Well, there's a book. I want to remember where I heard about this because it was almost certainly a podcast. Um, there's a book called Planet Simpson written by Chris Turner and I got it very easily from the library. It's a book that was published in 2004. It is 466 pages long and it is a really smart, really fun look at the Simpsons as a cultural phenomenon. It looks at the show. It looks at all the episodes. It's got all the stuff you would want. talks about all the characters, but it's not like something you buy at a comic book store with all respect. It's a really, and it's not, but it's also not too over brainy. It's not like German or something. Um, Planet Simpson, how a cartoon masterpiece documented an era and defined a generation. Uh, you can get this from your library and it's really good. It's, I'm really enjoying reading it. I'm, I'm kind of reading three books right now. And uh, this is one that I, I'm really enjoying. Is it in the show notes? Oh, did you put it in? Good. Um, no, I'm trying to get it. Tell me the the author again. Oh, it is by Chris Turner. It's from Canada, so take it with a grain of salt. All right. I'm reading that. I'm reading Name of the Wind, and I'm reading a book about rhetoric. John Rhetoric? And John Rhetoric. John, uh, Jonathan, please. Please. <laughs> Mr. Rhetoric is my father. <laughs> <laughs> That's stupid. Why I don't say that. I don't know. <laughs> We are, we are, we are the star children. I now I gotta find that whisper to us. See, now it's in, it's been in my head ever since you said it. Thanks. And then they, weren't they in like a Budweiser commercial? Were they? Yeah, you know, there was a time what when year everybody. Was that? Well, this would be about 83, 84. Okay, I like think. Mad Max, uh, the original Mad Max sure. time period. When things yeah, had but, to sound, they had that sound. But there was this period 
in the mid 80s when Budweiser licensed this might be a fever dream but I'm pretty sure they licensed a whole bunch of actual songs with actual artists and used them in Budweiser radio ads I remember there was one Ronnie James Dio did one like to the tune of Rainbow in the Dark if memory serves it's Budweiser it's the beer that tastes like piss if you drink it cold you might feel old with a that's um, simulated lyrics. Uh, Ronnie uh, James uh, Dio Budweiser. This could be a fever dream. Budweiser commercial. No, here it is. It's real. Oh my god. Okay, you got a minute. Yeah. Uh, you're not set up for this, right? Uh, uh no, I, no, I, right. I no, I am. I am. All right, hold on. Let me get. I'm gonna do. I'm clicking. I'm. I'm going to a menu. If this is real, I'm going to be so happy that I'm not imagining it. Did you watch us? Uh, did you watch Sing Street yet? Sing Street. Well, it's not enough. It's right for kids. Exactly. It was right for my kid. Is that that uh, show from from Vietnam? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the one with the kids from Glee. And uh, boy, it's really good. Lots of catchy Sing- songs. S i n g h Sing Street. S- oh, you mean like the Indian movie? Yeah. Like Sing Ha? Uh-huh. No. No, no, it's uh, it's the guy who did Once. It's the guy who used to be in The Frames with Glenn Hansard, and then he did uh, Once. So much of what you're saying, I'm not understanding. Falling slowly, sturdy bird, we've still got time. Oh my God. It's actually prettier than that when you hear it. <laughs> How's your boot up? It's uh, most of the way there. Hold on. We'll, we'll, we'll do it. We'll get it. We'll make it happen. Sing Street. Uh, I, need to just about, do, I need to just have this thing ready to go, and I need, I need to, to record sleep. the third track. Yes. Oh, almost there. Clicking, going. It's about teens in Dublin in 1985 uh, starting a band. All right, I see it's ready. I loaded it. <laughs> All right. Clicking. Oh my god. Yeah. That's terrible. What what is going on there? <laughs> the King of Beers is coming through. That's the yeah! worst. Well how did you re- first of all, how did you remember that? Because I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure, see now, now I'm going to screw up my record on this. I'm pretty sure that, what was the name of that band? Uh, that uh, the Whisper to a Scream people did one too. What's the name of the band? I've already forgotten. Whisper to a Scream. Birthfly. Oh yeah, okay, so Icicle Works. So I'm going to go for Icicle Works. But wiser, because this is from a time. Oh yeah, because this is from a time when I was listening. Who to, did the "We Are We Are" one? That's Icicle. Works. That's Icicle. Icicle works. Mm-hmm. It's on SoundCloud. There it is. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh, and it's my whisper god. to a scream. 
Do you want me to? Do you want me to send you the link? No, I've got the video. You want me to play it? Icicle Works Budweiser Radio Spot. Oh my god! It's on SoundCloud. It's on Sa- this bud, this bud, this bud's for you. <laughs> All right, but the, the original song. Oh, the original song. We are, we are. Those our children fighting their way around a decision. Whisper to a scream. Hold on, I'm uh, letting the commercial play through. They're terrible. These YouTube commercials. That was the worst. Got these songs. All right, here comes something. The shovel in the This is the most 80s song in the whole world. The drums are pretty good. Oh, yeah. Very Adam and the Ants. This guy's hairstyle holds up. Oh, absolutely. We are, we are, we are the star children fighting our way around. So now you're saying this is uh there's a Budweiser for this? Yeah, search for high school works Budweiser radio spot. Two, three, four. This bud. This bud, this bud's for you. I remember this is from a time when I was listening to a lot of FM radio. And so I would just hear this all the time. <laughs> Eric Clapton did one? Really? Yeah, they, tons of people did these. I'm going to have to Google this. <laughs> this is terrible. No, no. That was a good use of our time. Terrible. Yeah, that's just that's just that's just the worst. I want to say, did Tears for Fears do one? No, please say, please say they didn't, because that's just not. But no, it wasn't. Tears for Fears, but no, they they can't have done one. I was all right with with Devo doing the uh, Dell. Uh, you remember that one with the Dell with the the women all oh. dressed up with their cool like um, ultra modern. They did Target too. Devo did Target. Devo did Target, didn't they? Didn't they do like Girl You Want? <laughs> no, they, no. I don't know. I heard Girl You Want. I did actually. You know, it's funny. I'm conflating this because we were shopping for belts at Target with my daughter, and I did hear Girl You Want on the radio. It's a great song. And, and, and I had, a, had a, a nice moment of feeling extremely old where I was singing along with a Devo song in a Target with my eight-year-old daughter looking extremely embarrassed. And I was like, you know, I used to be in an 80s cover band that used to play this song. <laughs> you got to listen. The rhythm at the beginning's a little bit tricky. It doesn't start where you think. I like some Devo. Here, here's, here's the one I found. It, it was the... Uh, yeah. The XPS M thirteen thirty. Oh, that's that was a good. That was a good one. Hey, I I heard say, you remember that one? 
No, but that's a great. That was one. a new. That was it. a new song. I guess at the time it was a new song, and it sort of the song premiered along with the commercial. Oh, oh, see, that was a thing. Yeah, that was a thing. Yeah. Okay, here's one. Okay, I just found a page called WhatIsThatSong.net, and I'm at see Budweiser. Let's see some of the people: Justin Timberlake. Uh, Stevie Wonder did a Bud Light commercial. Oh, the cult. What? She sells Sanctuary? What? Oh, my God. You know that song? Yes. <laughs> keeps me alive, keeps me alive. Here we go. The cult. She sells Sanctuary. Budweiser's Eternal Optimism ad. Oh, no. With Flo Rida over it. Oh, well, that's yeah. a whole different thing, then. That's a whole different ballgame. Yeah. You get Florida. Right. Don't call him Florida. Nope. Don't call it a comeback. All right. And we're back with America's favorite productivity podcast. Songs You know, it always brings me down. <laughs> I unironically love Ronnie James Dio. Well. Look out. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I got another recommendation. Put this in show notes. Okay. Heaven and Hell by Black Sabbath. Heaven and hell mm-hmm black Sabbath. it's uh it still sounds really good how do you that recommend the listeners uh listen to this with their ears oh. i guess I, I it might be on the apple music i don't know but you can also just go you can hear the title track there on youtube Heaven no i mean do you, do, should they buy the audio cd should they get vinyl the vinyl is only 297 dollars oh yeah well definitely i mean if you can get it on vinyl get it because vinyl ooh, there's a primacy to that you know it's so physical you can hear every little just touch everything Oh my god! You run like, your fingers like right, right across oh the sound. God. Got my fingers in the seventies, just in, just locking them in there, covered with Billy Beer. Are you running the uh, Sierra Mac OS Sierra? No, I will wait weeks and weeks before I do that. The problem for me, since I'm doing so much development still, is that you know you you if you update the operating system uh, you your all, user bins and everything yeah all, all the stuff that's been compiled all the command line tools and and developer tools and things need to be updated also and that I is i can walk you through that if you want it's really not that hard you just get you get into the terminal uh-huh you open a prompt okay hold on i'm writing this now it's gonna be uh, proc okay. space check uh the check inclusive. mark the emoji che- yeah, yeah 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 and then uh inclusive dash bin uh, dash F S C K dash F Y any town USA. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Run. I'm in. I've rewritten the encryption. There is a so, command. Everyone should know it's sync. S Y N C. Just open mm. your terminal and type that. <laughs> is it dangerous that I'm actually doing this? No, I shouldn't do that. Do what does it. it do? Just do it. It's fine. Man, sync. Uh, Force completion of pending disk rights. Yeah. Flash cache. Yeah. Huh. Uh, I just remembered how to look something up on the terminal. Look at that. So the uh, sync utility can be called to ensure that all disk rights have been completed before the processor's halted in a way not suitably done by yeah, shutdown. But, you know, generally, generally, generally it's preferable to use shutdown 8, whatever that means. <laughs> That's shut man down 8 shutdown if you want to, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, shutdown 8. And then what, is it command C to get out of here? Control C or just Q, C Q. Uh, but if you type man space, Q quits man. If you type man hmm. space eight space shutdown, that's they're referring you to the eighth page or the anyway. This is weird. I used if to have you, to type sync 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 uh, sync semicolon sync semicolon sync 
uh, before uh. I did a certain type of system main- maintenance on the Spark 1 running SunOS 413. Those are the good old days. Oh, are you kidding me? Those old days were good. Yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, boy, you really want to get in there. Get get your hands into that, those little green letters. That's great stuff. That's great stuff. If you want me, I'll update your profile for you. Yeah, do it. Push it to production. Finger. How are you doing? Are you doing pretty good with your controllers these days? Yeah, totally good. You get your rails all set up? Yeah, it's set. Well, uh, two things we could talk about. I had one crazy wild-ass idea that we probably don't want to talk about. One thing, uh, this is super lame, uh, but we could talk a little bit about Plex DVR and who it might be good for. Thank you. Yes, please. It's not super interesting, but I had that, and I, could, I thought if people have been asking me how I use a notebook. I would also be happy to talk about that. Plex DVR. Yeah, the, so uh, shortly before, was it before last week's show, the uh, folks over at Plex, whom we love. Oh, my God. What a sterling series of apps love they it, make love and it. services it really really there's so much more polish in that series of services and apps on every on every platform it works great it looks great it's appropriate for that platform plex is a thing that you can run you can run a server uh basically the idea is it's a media server so you can run it on a mac you can run it on, on, a, on a nas as i like to say uh the matic <laughs> nas and uh and basically it allows you to point it you point plex at folders and you say, this folder is a bunch of movies. This folder is a bunch of TV shows. This folder is a bunch of music. Uh, this, f- this is a bunch of uh, home movies as opposed to like theatrical movies. This is a bunch of music photos, whatever. And if you've named that in an XBMC compliant way, whatever that is, it is really good at like, grabbing all that stuff, remembering what you have there. It pulls down all the metadata for you. So if you've legally ripped like your old uh, VHS tapes and you name it properly, it will pull down all the metadata, including posters, including banners, including ratings, artwork, um, everything like, you know, movie ratings and star ratings. And it's just dynamite. Once you've got that, I'm, I know you know this. I'm just telling our audience. If you don't know, why is everybody talking about Plex? Because then once you've got it running and configured, which takes a little setup now on your Apple TV Amazon Fire TV, on your telephone, on your telepad, like wherever you go, you have an app where you can now view that and you can also sync it. What do you mean sync it? Well, if you've got movies that you want to watch all the time, even when the server's not on, you can say, point it to Dropbox, point it to Box, point it to Google Drive. And at the encoding level and quality you want, it will make a copy of that and store it somewhere so you can watch it from anywhere. And what else sync? Oh, guess what? You can sync it literally to your iPad. So you're going to go on a plane, you want to bring some movies, say, do these at this resolution and push them onto my iPad. And it's magic. And they have a thing called Plex Pass where you go in and you get lots of extra mojo for like, what, it's like $10 a year or something, $50 a year. Mm -hmm. And uh, they continually improve the apps. Once you're a Plex Pass member, you get access to the beta channel for these things. I'm sorry if this sounds like crazy word salad. You can look it up at Plex.tv, maybe. Uh, It's a great I mean, maybe I'm overselling it. There's part of it that I've been playing with these things since Christ was a corporal, and this is far and away the best one of these I've ever used. It's better than Boxy. God bless you. It's better than, obviously, it's come a long way from XBMC. But this is the kind of thing you could could set your freaking parents up with this, and it's totally doable. Really is. I love Plex. I use it uh, all the time. And they came out with a thing that they're calling, I think, Plex DVR. That's right. And it connects to... If if you are lucky enough to have the HD Home Run device yep. that Merlin has, which allows you to record things off of uh, over an antenna as opposed to with cable, 
uh, you can record live TV, and somehow this integrates with Plex, with yep. the Plex DVR software, and it, I guess, controls or uses that HD Home Run and lets you record stuff off of live TV, and then it's available in Plex as TV shows? Yeah, so I mean, the, yes, that's. I think that's pretty much it. So the problem statement is, like, there's broadcast TV in my area. That comes in very well. That's important. And I want to be able to record it. So Plex DVR offers that. So the, the, the big three or four, well, let's call it three moving parts, is you need an antenna, like a leaf or similar. You need some kind of antenna. So if you're already using a leaf or similar with your TV and it's pulling signals and you're happy, this is definitely something to look at. You could experiment with this. I experimented with this. You may have mixed results. It really, more than anything else, please, before you spend a ton of money on this, <laughs> make sure that you get, that, first of all, that you want broadcast TV. That's important. <laughs> yeah. Because that's a big part too. Is, and that second, that you get really good signals because otherwise you're going to end up where I did. But if you're somewhere where Dan is, like if you're living on a mountain in Texas and you get really good, clear reception, you know, and I, I would say blow it out, get the 50 mile leaf. Um, so basically you can buy a level of antenna with an amplifier in it that will pull in signals from further away and more reliably. So you get a leaf, you get something called the HD home run. And there's a couple different models you can get. You're probably fine with the cheap one. You might want to pop for the like $60, $100 one. The biggest difference is you can, whether you can, how quickly you can use it over Wi-Fi and whether it will do on the fly, I think H.264 encoding. I'm not sure. But basically you get the leaf, you get the HD home run, which is currently, I think the only box that's supported. So you go right. from leaf to HD home run, HD home run, uh, outputs to, and I, I just, um, not to interrupt you, but the, no, company, go, go, go. the company that makes the HD home run is, has the unfortunate name Silicon, Silicon Dust. Dust. So when I was first researching this, I thought this was some kind of like knockoff thing. Like it wasn't the real one. It was a China company or something with no, no offense, <laughs> no offense. but, uh, but you know, like I thought it was like a not like a, it's like an iPhone P-H-O-E-N-7, the iPhone 7, you know, I thought it was one of those deals. But this is the real thing. And they um, they, they have different models that are almost indistinguishable from one another. I put some Amazon links in, but they're sold out of the $99 one. And the next level up is 179 And I think that Merlin... That's, that's for... I think that's the one that's for cable tuner. cards. Well, <clears throat> there's a cheapy one. There's a middle one and there's a high one. I don't know these from memory, but the cheap one is, I think it's under like 50 bucks. <clears throat> and it's really? basically, do you want A or G or N connectivity? There's one that's under 50? <laughs> well, I don't, you're going to make me look this up. Yeah, look it up. Because I want, I want one well, under 50. I own 50. two of them. I own the cheap one and the medium one. Because I was going to try and do it from the office. Uh, long story. Yeah, so, and there's a comparison grid here you can look at. So the H, the Home Run Connect has two tuners. Uh, and does AC uh, wireless. Okay. The Home Run Extend has two tuners and does N. And then there's the uh-huh. HD Home Run Prime, and I think that's the one that's meant for use with a cable card. Requires okay. digital cable subscription. But the, so the basic thing is, like, if you get, like, a lot of people were surprised to find out, like, if they've been on the cable teat, they may be very surprised to find that there are fairly strong signals. So, number one, there's step zero. Do you want broadcast TV? Do you really want broadcast TV? Because go watch broadcast TV and make <laughs> sure it's what you want. We will circle back to this. <clears throat> next, next experiment that's pretty easy, especially if you've got an Apple TV, 
you can go, well, especially if you've got just a regular TV, you can run from your leaf. You can run from a leaf to your TV and make that the coax in. Run through the channels, scan, and see if see what see what channels you get. See if you're satisfied with the reception. I would say run it two or three more times over a couple days and see if it changes because you could go from 50, 52 channels to thirty seven depending on the the weather in a given day. But if you want TV, if you want if you get a good signal, if you want broadcast and you get a good signal, you might want to invest in a home run. I would get the home run extend. It's not that expensive. And then once you've got that, so you go leaf to home run, and then from home run, that's a coax, and that's got an amplifier, so you'll need to plug in the amplifier, which is just a USB mini that goes into the leaf uh, cord. Right. And then that's coax into your HD home run. Your HD home run goes Ethernet to your router. And then it's pretty cool because it pretty easily discovers it. The, the app for using this on OS X is hilarious. When you launch this thing, it creates a terminal window, starts running some commands, and then you're able to open an app. It's it's a terrible, terrible app. <laughs> Don't use that. But if you can do it to your TV as an experiment, you know it works, then go ahead and um, – well, I'm trying, I'm trying to get these steps exactly right. If you want to try with your Apple TV, there's several different apps you can get that will let you use that home run-based signal to watch TV on your Apple TV. So if that, that's all you need. If all you need is like, I want to watch the news live. I want to watch the parsimonious amount of free sports that's available on broadcast TV live. You might want to just try that as an experiment for a week. And then if you're really excited, you might want to go with this. Uh, am I getting most of this right? I think Yeah, I, I think everything's right, yeah. Now, here's the neat thing. I got it. Now, I, I want to be very clear about this strong series of opinions that I have. The implementation of DVR on Plex is a really solid, it's a solid super-duper A in some ways and a pretty okay B-minus in other ways. Okay. But the idea is once you've got it set up, and what's pretty, it uses DL, DLNA, so I think that's what it's called, but it's able to basically detect that, that there is a an addressable home run on the network. So once if you've got Plex Pass, you've got the updated version, you go into settings, and if it has discovered a DVR or a, um, a home run, it will basically say, hey, do you want to configure this thing? It's that easy. That, that part's amazing. It, in my experience, it's very good at finding these things. Your mileage may vary. And you say, okay, let's do this thing. And so you click it to configure it. And this part was fantastic. So basically you say, yes, I would like TV on my Plex. And it goes through. And have you done this part yet? I have not. No, not any of this. So you configure it and say, hey, I found this HD home run extend. Do you want me to use that? You say, yes. Okay, so now please uh, enter in your zip code. It pulls down. It's going to pull down all of the listings for you. And then you say, now please go ahead and scan for channels. And then within minutes, you're seeing all the little icons start popping up in the little DVR-ish you know, section. Right. So that part worked really well. I, if you're going to set this up, definitely go and scan channels a second time, and then also definitely go and update the program guide manually in that window, because you will get tons more listings the second time. And you will see now stuff. Here's a row of icons of stuff that's on right now. You ready for this? Hmm. If you've ever legally downloaded and have TV shows or movies, or especially TV shows, in your library of Plex, it detects that, hey... You have the Twilight Zone. Do you want to see the Twilight when the Twilight Zone is going to be on? It knows what shows you already have. It says, "Hey, you got Mash. Do you want to, want me to record Mash for you?" And then, kind of as with the TiVo, you go in and you see, you click on Mash, and it shows you all the upcoming uh, episodes of Mash. 
when it's going to be on. And again, <coughs> like a TiVo or a typical classic DVR, you can say, just record this episode at this quality. You could say, record this series from now on, et cetera, et cetera. And I mean, that part all worked pretty great. And the way that I had it set up, I, I, I think you can do more with this, but out, straight out of the box, leaf to home run to plex, when it starts recording, um, I did not have any performance problems with the Mac, which was really pleasing to me. It, what it does do, though, is drop in, it makes a folder, like a gentleman, and it drops in, you know, that episode.ts. <laughs> okay, so it, it gives you a .ts. Okay. This ain't no MKV. No. Like, this ain't, you can get a wrapper for it, but that's all the basics. Um, you're going to want to go spend some time on this on your own before you listen to my advice, but that's the basics. So, if you've got a great signal, you want broadcast TV, you're excited about that, you might want to give this a spin. And what you'll end up with, go go do some test shows, let it run for a while. And then go in and look at the results. And that's where we pivot to where this kind of blew up for me. But if if all of those things work for you, then this could be a pretty great solution. And what is this great for? It's great for, you know, Saturday Night Live. It's great for, like, whatever kinds of things that are still on broadcast TV that you'd like to see. If you like to watch the news every night, you can do that. If you want to see Gunsmoke, it'll get all those for you. And uh, put them all in a folder for you and make them available via Plex. So that part, okay, one, one important proviso, you cannot... Plex PVR is not for watching live TV. Um, your home run provides two channels. So if you've got another way to watch it, you could use one of those tuners to watch live TV, but you, it's not for watching. The Plex app is not for watching. It's for recording and watching later. That's very important, I think, for a lot of people who use this a lot. Yeah, I got a feeling that'll change in the future, probably, but that's where it is now. And that's this is also... So anyway, that's uh, I would entertain questions at this point. Well... I mean, when I first asked you about it, I was, uh, somebody tweeted about it and that was the first I'd heard of it. And you were already on board with it, trying it out. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's, it, those conversion times sound a little well, daunting yeah, and we'll get to that. Yeah. But yeah. So, I mean, that's every doubt and annoyance and frustration and raw anger I felt after getting this set up are strictly down to two, mainly strictly 90% down to two issues. Most of the stuff on broadcast TV is absolute crap, and the signal is wonky. So I thought, you know what, though, let's give this a spin. So now I'll get to the mean part, which is that you go in and you do that. It makes this, I think, a .ts in my case, it was like 500 megs for a half-hour show. But worst of all, you open it up, and you know, like when you're waiting for your hot dog at the hot dog place and you're watching crappy over the air TV and sometimes it goes out and pixelates and gets all like yes, robot Yes. That's pretty much everything that got recorded, at least in part, because our reception's not that good here. Mm. And that was frustrating. So I did it for about two days and was like, I, this is not for me. Because I was sitting there watching Gunsmoke. I was watching Adam 12 with pixelation and thinking like, this is not what I want my life to be at 49. Uh, so uh, <laughs> I ended up not going with it. Um there's other things about it that are a little frustrating, but, you know, I, I think it's worth a spin if, if that meets your criteria. You know, but the thing is, like, when I really look at it, I think about, okay, well, what is it I'm really missing out on with not having cable and w- with regard to broadcast channels? Big ones. Um, breaking news. Yeah. It'd be nice to be able to go in and just watch news because something there's a fire at the school or something like that. Uh, other big ones, um, yeah, stuff like Saturday Night Live. Uh, yeah, stuff like Definitely the Academy Awards. Well, the Academy Awards without a DVR is not that fun. 
it's a lot more fun to be able to DVR it and like watch as you go, skip commercials, do whatever you're going to do. Saturday Night Live, well, if I'm going to tape Saturday Night Live at 11.30 Pacific, I'd mm-hmm. also like to be watching it when it's on. Yeah. No, so that and I mean, another certain, thing. Certain, trucks, certain trucks are easily filled in the amount of time before the show is done <laughs> on the West Coast. You know, my question for you was, this does not, you're not able to watch it until it has the recording has been completed and all the conversion and stuff is done, right? I think that's correct. That is that, that I, the first part is definitely correct, and I'm pretty sure the second part is correct. Basically, the 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 I tried for a while doing the .ts thing, and I was like, yeah. hey, this makes really big files. There's a bit you can flip to basically do an MKV wrapper, I think, for it. Uh, but in that case, I was seeing stuff still converting like many hours later. See, I don't be- know because the, one of the things that that I've wanted to do, I love. I, I very, very much love the NFL. I love watching football. I love watching college football as well. And because of my time on the weekends with my kids and their schedules and things like that, I don't often get to watch. Uh, I don't often get to watch the way I would like, which is I would sit down in front of the TV uh, before the football games start on Sunday and watch all the pre-show stuff, watch every single game, flip back and forth between each and every game that's going on. And, uh, and and watch all the way until the final commentary about the last game is done late Sunday night. That, yeah. that to me, is an, a, a wonderful way to spend a Sunday. I, I haven't been able to spend a Sunday that way since, I guess, my kid was two years old or something. And even just being able to turn the TV on and have football going, even if it's in the background and I can kind of pay attention to it a little bit, that's really nice. But if I... If I wanted to, if there was an important game that I cared about that I wanted to record, it would be hours and hours and hours, it sounds like, before it would even be ready for me to watch. I think not if you do .ts. If you do .ts, basically you you can watch in your folder where a temp directory appears called grab or something like that you see like an invisible directory show up if you have that turned on Mm -hmm. and that's where it's i guess you know the stream is creating the file there again i'm happy to say that with my whatever year old imac i i didn't notice any performance dings with it but uh i think the ts is just the straight i don't know what that stands for but it's the it's that super generic what what is it what does it stand for uh I've never, I, I don't, I've heard of it. I don't know what it's all about. What the story is there? TS is a video stream file format that's used for storing video on DVDs. Yeah, so if you ever look at a DVD, that's where you'll see .ts is. Transport stream. TS files can store audio and data information specific for MPEG-2 Part 1 systems, which compresses the video data. The, the thing is, though, it does make pretty big files. Like, my pixelated Atom 12 is still like 400 or 500 megs, which really starts to add up for stuff you, you know, don't necessarily really, really want. Right. But... Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm intrigued that this is out there, but it it reminds me a little bit about like listening to like two seconds or 30 seconds of a green day song and going like, I would really rather listen to the buzzcocks. Like this is just (laughs) enough to wet your whistle for what it's like to have normal TiVo with a cable system. But you know, I, I think it could be really good for some people. Like if you're in an area where it's really clear and you want this stuff, it's, it's not bad at all. And But I guess I would just say, if you're interested in this, go and explore, read up. Plex has lots of information on their site. Plus, they have like uh, support forums and stuff where you can read what other people are saying. And uh, if this sounds overwhelming, it is. But the other thing is, like, I'll bet you in six months or a year, this will be, you know, knowing, t- knowing Plex, it'll probably be still way better. But, you know, it's doable. There's But there's, well, what was the other weird thing about this? It's kind of hard 
Well, you know what's one thing that's weird is they don't have a traditional grid, TV guide style grid. Like you can go in and I'm trying to kind of, I, I uninstalled it so I don't have it up right now. But you, but like you can go in and see the stuff it's going to record. Like can see your schedule on like a week style grid. Mm-hmm. But there's not an easy way to just see the grid of everything that's on right now. Yeah. You go to HuffPo for AOL listings for that or something. But I, it's interesting. I mean, it's an experiment that's going to cost you under two hundred dollars. But it is a an experiment that's going to cost you over a hundred dollars. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. So, I, you know, I think it might be worth a throw, you know, but um, make sure you want it and make sure you get a good signal because otherwise it's going to be very, very frustrating. Um, but, you know, it's weird. It's the, this, this landscape just keeps on changing and I continue to be mm, just bitching now. I continue to be really frustrated. Like I bought the season pass for Mr. Robot. Yeah, me too. I paid for that. Like, that's fine. That's okay. That's what grownups do. But like, it's really frustrating that I'll get my paid for version of Mr. Robot mm. something like 12 hours after I could get it someplace else. I know. So I still have this uh, talk about belt and suspenders. You know, I'm glad I'm paying for it. I want to support. I want to support. I want to buy. But like, I, why, why can't I watch it now? <laughs> you know, I know that sounds like this is another one of those like, you know, old media fuddy duddies like to talk about how, like, well, you should just be patient and follow the letter of the law. But it's like, you know, that's not how things get better. No, things get it better. really isn't. It things really get better isn't. when we make a demand and say, like, this is not a blackmail thing. I mean, I'll I'll do a screen grab today and I'll show you. That I think I'm up to something like 212 movies that I bought on iTunes now. I know that's a bit. Mark your bingo card. But I do. I buy a ton of stuff. But it, it is really, it's really frustrating to want to have TV night and then be constrained by the same model for watching TV as if I wanted to watch, say, Deadwood. I can go watch Deadwood anytime I want on the HBO app, which is right. great. Right. But like, there is something to be said for day and date. I mean, I like the fact that I can watch Game of Thrones when it comes on on HBO. I really like that. I like that Silicon Valley, and I'm talking about like East Coast time, like when, and actually there's an important thing to share here. If it's, if it's recorded like, you know, production, regular TV shows, uh, it airs at whatever East Coast time is in America, which is amazing. You and I both benefit from that. Yes. So that means that, you know, Game of Thrones, I think, comes on at like six when it's in season. Uh, the reason I found out, the reason it's really obvious, it should have occurred to me, the reason why John Oliver takes 30 minutes to two hours to show up is because it's live. And there's production stuff to be done before it goes up on the site. So That's is, it, why is it live when the East Coast is seeing it that is happening live right then? Or it's an true, hour before that? It appears to be true. I, I had no idea that shows like that and Bill Maher. I knew Bill appear- Maher was live. I knew that when you're, if you're watching Bill Maher on the night that it's out, uh, I don't know what kind of tape delay there is, but I was under the impression, I didn't know John Oliver was also, but I was under the impression that Bill Maher was live happening why right then. Why would you record John Oliver live? I don't know why he has a studio audience. Bill Maher, I do. Um, well, no, no, no. I, did, I don't mean, no, no, I'm sorry. I don't mean that. What I mean is like, unless it's just the constraint of like the stories aren't done yet. I don't know why you wouldn't just record that at five o'clock on Sunday, Eastern time, and then air it at 11 or 1130 on Sunday. It seems weird that it doesn't seem like that needs, because there's so much production stuff in it. I know, it, but, no, I know. But that's that. if you go to the HBO site and dig down far enough, you'll find a page where it explains this, which is that if it is, I don't know what the term for it is, but 
you know, regular produced TV that we have all the copies of that goes up to and date. And then if it's a live thing that that's later, but I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, I, I'm so excited with where stuff has gotten over time, but, um, I'm still invigorated by how much room for improvement there still is, you know? And I, I you know, the other thing is like, I like stuff like I'm, for example, I think I'm going to go ahead and probably pop for the new Blu-ray of Iron Giant because it's got the documentary about the making of it. But I was thrilled to see, for example, that when they released the version, the new version of Iron Giant that includes the dream sequence, iTunes replaced that. They made that the version, I think they made that the version that's up. I'm trying to remember, I might get this backwards. The point is both versions were in iTunes. You could go drill down into features or special special features and like see a different version of it and they just push that out which i thought that that kind of thing is brilliant i yeah. would love to see more of that no you know, I, I, it, I i totally agree that this thing should it should be instantaneous if the you know uh real housewives of orange county if that's out it should be out at the same time not not an hour later it should be out at the same time when mr R- game of thrones was so everything should be that's what you're saying, right? I is think it's a business. It must be a business decision. If, if if HBO can deliver Game of Thrones to me at eight oh one p.m., then Mr. Robot should be able to show up in the iTunes store. Is there? Re- I imagine sometimes because sometimes it's not regular. Like sometimes it's like I'll get an email at. 12 or 1 or 2 in the morning right. when I'm new new episode of Mr. Robot. Right. And I mean I'm I'm not awake checking for that. I'm happily asleep, but the next morning I'll get see oh good the emails are sometimes it doesn't come. Sometimes the show's not ready. Sometimes it's a couple days later. Why? Why is that? There's no explanation for why that is. But the technology is there for them to release it on iTunes instantaneously if they wanted, right? They're not walking uh you know a a, a, a sim stick over yeah, I mean, yeah, they're waiting for the uh, FTP FTP upload. That's oh, stupid. I mean, it's I, this is an imperfect analogy, but you know, this, in some ways, this goes back to what we we're talking about with the iPhone subscription program. Like the people who are most jazzed to get a new iPhone are going to be the people who pay a little extra to get a new one every year, or so they thought. But then they find out they're at the end of the line. It's not wholly dissimilar from getting a magazine subscription and having it arrive two days after it's already on the newsstands. Well, one nice thing about a magazine subscription is you do get it early. You know, you get the uh, March issue in February and stuff like that. That's how magazines work. But I mean, so there's an incentive to do that. If you really want Harper's and you want it as early as possible, subscribe and it'll arrive. That's really cool. It would feel weird if I had to wait a week, you know, because of some business reason. Yeah. Like, well, you know, our channel partners at Walgreens are very concerned about people getting Glamour magazine by mail before it's arrived in the proper channel. It's like, well, what, you know, I, and those are all my words I'm making up, but I have to imagine that's the case where USA, yeah, USA, yeah. where USA would say, well, look, you know, we have to, our most favored nations are these cable subscribers here. And gosh, it would be really unfair to all of those people if, if, if you idiots with your, with your little dealy bob boxes get it earlier. I don't know. I don't know. It is it is strange because they're treating it like a like an or like a retired anthology show, right? You know, it's it, once once it goes up, it's no different from an episode of Deadwood. You know, None. The Simpsons or no the Sopranos. Difference. No different. Oh, and, and by the way, quick three quick, bucks each for it. Quick three bucks update each. for you, Merlin. Uh, the apparently Apple has uh, made a little announcement that the update that originally went out. Uh, this is I, iOS ten. iOS ten. There was some issues for some people. 
It was only over the air versions of it. If you, they say that it's fixed, and if you update with iTunes directly with your with your phone plugged into your computer, you were fine from the beginning because you got ten point zero point zero point one. Yeah. Uh, whereas if you uh, if you did it over the air, there was some chance you didn't get the dot one or dot oh one or dot oh one version mm-hmm. of it. So if your if your phone is working and you're on iOS ten, see if you've got the dot one version of it. It pushed out to to one of our devices automatically. Yeah. I noticed I went to update all of them today and one of the iPads had already gotten it. Interesting. So anyway, that's uh during during the course of the show there's been a problem, a crisis and a resolution. Mm. What a great time to be alive. I know it. Would you like to tell me about a second thing that you like? I would love to do that. You know, we talk a lot on this show about uh, about starting over. That's really the I would say if if you if someone came up to me on the street today and said, "Dan, tell me about your your show back to work with Merlin Mann." I'd say it's about mm. starting over. Yeah. And it's about how rarely in life we actually get to to start over with things. You're talking, you're talking about you're talking about a reboot. You make a reboot. Make a reboot. Make a reboot. And that's what the uh, that's what the guys who run Meh did. M E H Meh dot com. And what happened is the way the story goes, the way I'm I've been told this story is that they went out and they made Woot dot com, and they eventually sold this and got like super rich. And these yeah. guys, the kind of wealth that these guys have, we're talking about. They're they're all they have their pilots licenses now. They're learning now. It's not enough to fly properly. Now they want to fly a jet. It's not enough to fly a jet. Got to learn how to fly mm-hmm. a chopper. Want to fly one of the choppers with the the double? What do they call it? Where the double the propellers on top? Not just one. They want to fly two of them. They want to. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Where they want a nicer bazel. You yeah. know, it's not enough to hunt an animal. They have to yeah. hunt the most dangerous game. Most dangerous game. Mm-hmm. So that's what yeah, happens. It's complicated. And you say you say you're not going to be different. You say you won't be different. Until you get there, and then you realize you got to do it. You got to make a reboot. <laughs> That's right. So they did. You're they, not different. They did woot, and they felt the problem was they felt like everything that they made had to be exactly like woot, since the company was called woot. Anything they couldn't do anything different. They were trapped. There was a constraint, but it wasn't the good kind. Mm. And anything that they would want to do different, they pissed people off, and they were trapped. And then they sold the company. They became you know multi billionaires, whatever. And then they made Matt and they created a parent company for Matt so that they would be able to do different things. The company, the parent company is called Mediocre. So they, but they could go and make different things under different names and they have made a new thing. And the new thing that they have made is called Morning Save, M-O-R-N-I-N-G, Morning Save, which is, it's a flash sale site. And they can partner with people that have brands that they like, and they can sell cool collections of things. This is new to me, Dan. It's new to me. It was new to me until I, I, I saw what they were doing. And uh, so they, they've partnered with uh, 20 by 200, who are the, they're like the art for everyone people. So they've got prints at a major discount. They've partnered with Boing Boing. They've done some stuff with TV shows. Uh, it's totally different from Matt. But that's kind of the point. Like, Matt gets to say Matt, but they get to go out and do something fun. They get to do something different. Uh, and, uh, and that's what they're doing. So, they gotta, they gotta, you're telling me they make a reboot inside the reboot. That's right. It's Inception. Oh. In, an Inception. Barriers, productivity. Reboot. This is fascinating. I did not know about this at all. So, thank you very much to Mediocre, the people who do meh.com and now morningsave.com. So, go check them both out and, uh, and tell me what you think. Thanks to meh.
And, uh, Thanks, mediocre man. Mediocre. Morning, Morning save. Bok, bok. Go check them out. Bok, bok. Bok, bok. Dot T-S. Dot T-S. What is a dot? I've heard things about a dot T-S file. Yeah, I just read it to you. It's it's the one, it's the uh, it's a video stream file format used for storing video on DVDs. On DVDs. On DVDs. TS stands for transport stream. Mm-hmm. Convert it to something useful. Yeah, when you get, like if you're doing a handbrake type thing, you'll see the dot, you know, TS files, whatever that you is. You can use av- av- Avid Mux, you can use handbrake, you can even use oh, FFmpeg yeah. directly. You should get right in there in the command line and work on FFmpeg. That, that's a fun. That's a fun thing. To I do. have never seen something on the command line more dense than FFmpeg and the options that you can provide to it. It's almost. It's very much like compiling software to run that thing. It's insane. You know what's pretty baller? I'll tell you what's pretty baller: sending faxes from the command line. Oh yeah, I just Wasn't saw that him cool? do that in Mister O. Yeah, I've never oh, done that. Oh my god, Elliot, that is so baller. I've never done that. Have you done that? Yeah. No, now no, I'm do it. no, no. I used that. Uh, I had that fax service everybody used for a while. Hello, but hello, hello, fax. Hello, that is that one? what it's called? There is, hello, hello. There was a hello fax. Yeah. Hello, hello. I'm inside your fax machine. Really? <laughs> what are you doing, man? I'm here. Sometimes people will say to you they have to send you a fax, and then you have to fax it back. Well, that's really weird. Hello, fax. That doesn't happen that often. I know. Just often enough to make you feel crazy. Wow. Are you always there, Hellofax? Yes, I never leave. <laughs> what, do you, what do you do at night? I watch you sleep. <laughs> Why do you watch me sleep? That's kind of creepy. You look like a baby when you sleep. <laughs> By the way, still no faxes. You should sleep. You look like a baby. Thanks, Hellofax. <laughs> Fax. We are, we are, we are... Wow, we've helped a lot of people this week, Dan. Uh-huh. Jiminy Christmas. We've covered a lot of ground. I I wrote something down here. Maybe we'll talk about this next week. People have been at, <laughs> I was going to have a joke. I was going to have a September, April Fool's joke that was actually not a joke. I was going to tell people how I use a notebook, because I haven't talked about that in a while. I wrote all that up. I'm prepared. But I'll have it for next week. I can't wait. Yeah. I like when you have props. I like when you come in, you're wearing your pants, you got props, yeah. you got your- to- Toilet seat around my neck. Haircut, everything done. Oh. You get your hair cut short. Yeah, I know. Wow, it's different every time. It's 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 kind of like, like a haircut lottery. Opening scene of Full Metal Jacket. Yeah, I go in there and I sit down, and she she says hi, and I say hi, and Judy says busy. <laughs> she says that every time. She goes busy. Is she that one I, floppy? Huh? Floppy? No, 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 no. That's over at the spa. Oh, I get them confused. That's over at the spa. No, no. This is over at. Uh, I go see Judy, and I sit down. And she puts the thing around my neck. She goes busy. And I make this noise, I go, Because eh. <laughs> I feel bad. And I say, you know, <laughs> eh. And then we don't talk anymore. Yeah, Two and a half it. on the sides, finger length on top. Okay. <laughs> Hello. Hi, high and tight, you say. High and tight. <laughs> there are three kinds of acceptable haircuts. Okay. This is the Swanson Pyramid of Greatness. So, another, another classic... Blue Ribbon episode in the archives, in the can. Mm-hmm. In the can. But we, had, we had a lot of dirty talk in that one. I mean, we'll edit all that out. Yeah. Planet Simpsons. All right, terrific. Well, uh, let's button this up. Okay. Okay, I love you. Love you too, Merlin, man. <laughs>